Union. I'd delight to be joined by Tom Condon, two-time All-Ireland winner. I suppose, Tom, in the last two or three weeks since you announced retirement, what's the feed- feedback been like? Uh, mostly good. <laughs> so, like, ah, look, it hasn't been too bad. Um, phone's been busy, all right, and look, just getting all the messages from people and well wishes and stuff like this is great. Like, Joe, there's a great feeling to Joe that you have achieved so much, like, and it's nice to be uh, recognised, I suppose, as for that, like, because uh, when you're inside, you're kind of in a bubble, so you wouldn't wouldn't re- re- really realise what you're after doing for people and stuff like that. So it's, it's nice, yeah, as I said, the phone has been happening, but uh, it's been all good, mostly. You know. And that outpouring of emotion, I, I suppose you probably don't realise the, the impact you have on people's lives, especially when you get into lockdown in a while, but just the importance for people to get out and go see matches and things. Yeah, like, as I say, we're like when you're inside with, with, with the team and stuff, you're just in your own little bubble, like you, you your own environment. You don't, like you're literally getting up, going to work, you're going tra- from work to training and then you're going from training home and just going straight to bed. So like you're, <laughs> if unless now you're meeting a lot of people during the day at work, like you're, you're not interacting with that many people. Like, so as I say, you're inside with the group of players and they're kind of, they become your family as such. Like, so uh, after I suppose 2018 and just the, the sheer emotions out of people, like it was just phenomenal. Like, and as I say, you grown ups crying and <laughs> Joe, it is to just something to behold. And I suppose like, I put things into perspective with the COVID and everything like Joe, that was all kind of taken away from people like that. They couldn't do, go out and go to matches or they couldn't even just go down to the local field and watch a game and stuff like that. So like it's, it's had a massive bearing on people and mentally as well. Like, and it's, as I say, it's, it's, it's a tough time. And, and you go out in a high with your second All-Ireland. Is that something you had planned or is it after the win you reflected on it and decided to retire? <coughs> Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm pushing on 34 now. Like, so, uh, yeah, look, I, I suppose the one good thing about COVID, I suppose, if you could say a good thing, but it kind of it kind of showed you like that there, there is there is more to life than, than sport, like, and your, your families and stuff and friends are most important, like, and I suppose it just kind of got me ready for the adjustment because, look, I know it was coming, it was coming so soon, like, John. Last year, I suppose being off with the COVID, it did give me a feel for it. And I kind of had the itch um, just before we got back um, at, towards the end of 2020. Um, look, we, we'd gone back playing with the club and stuff and I picked up a bit of a nasty injury on my Achilles. Like, so it kind of set me back and I wasn't in the frame for to make the squad and stuff for the first game. And I, I, I'd been kind of messing around for a few weeks trying to get scans and trying to assess properly what the damage was and we weren't getting anywhere. I wasn't getting any better. So um, I kind of had to sit down with, with Caroline Currid and just talked to her and stuff. And I said, look, I said, the, the body just doesn't seem to be letting me um, draw drive on or whatever. And I said, look, I, I, I think I think the time is right or whatever. I, I think I, I'd nearly had my fill now. I said, I'd leave it to the younger fellas. And she was there, look, you've only eight, 10 weeks who knows what'll happen in a couple of weeks like because I got the all cleared in to go back training and stuff. But I was playing catch up with the rest of the panel, like um, as I said, they, they kind of had a bit of a head start on me. So and I suppose look, not making the match day panel. Um, because I say I got myself back into a position to, to contest to get back onto the panel, but I say, look, just in the end I didn't make it. And I suppose when you're my age and you're not making the, the match day 20, 26, like it's compared to some of these fellas who are 10, 12 years younger than me, like they're, they're kind of aiming maybe six months down the line, a year down the line. They have the time to progress onto the 26 and stuff. Where, whereas I didn't, I, time, time, time wasn't on my side. Like, so it gave me a different perspective as well. Like, cause in 2018, I got 
come on and play some part in the Ireland final, like, and that that feeling will never be matched again. And not making the twenty six and being in stands now, we're all about the the thirty six and stuff like that. But it's it's very hard when you didn't really feel part of the 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 day, like you were kind of put away up in the stand. I know because of regulations and stuff like that. But joy, it it just it showed me that look, the time is right for me to go. Like, and I suppose look, leave it to the younger fellas and let them try and progress on. Like, yeah, and you just t- touched on two thousand eighteen there, and we, we'll get to that Ireland final. But earlier on in twenty eighteen, you come on in a, in a game against Clare, and you're sent off. At that moment in time, could you in- envisage the impact you play in that All Ireland winning team? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, I suppose look, looking back at it now, it was just. I suppose a rush of blood to the head at the moment of madness like uh, I suppose we were playing down in Cusack Park like to just a cauldron of just emotion and atmosphere and everything like that and it was I, I just remember like, you're sitting on the sideline you're watching you're watching what's going on around you're not just watching where the ball is like and there was there was fellas being pulled left right and centre putting it lightly like off the ball and stuff like that and I suppose then Sean Sean Finn got injured and I got the chance to go on after I think just ten or twelve minutes and uh, settled all right into the game got a, got on a few balls was, was going all right and look as I said the, the emotions were high and I turned around and saw Dermot on the ground and I just ran in look I hit Dave really built up his shoulder first and then look I should have left it at that but we went for seconds in and I suppose uh, look it was uh, it was it wasn't the thing to do like but look you learn you learn at my age you still learn. <laughs> You know what? Um, but yeah, I, I remember talking to John after, like, and he was there. Look, it is what it is. He said, um, "You're probably going to get a match, if not two matches." Like, and I got two in the end, and I was just there. Jeez, I'm after. That's kind of hit me for me, like this year. Like I said, who knows where we're going to go after this? And uh, even at that stage, like I was just there. Look, I'm thirty, wrong side of thirty now, and I'm after doing something like that. And I said, "Jeez, where do I go from here?" Uh, but John, look, he sat me down in Caroline and just said, look, what you have to do is you have to go back into training there on Tuesday night and put the head down and work your socks off, like, and just feed back into the panel. Like, and I suppose, look, I, I made a decision as well, like, that you have to, you can't be dragging yourself around. You have to show, especially the younger lads, like, that, look, it happens, these things happen. You have to put the head down and drive on. And it happened to Aaron, Aaron uh, early on the year against Cork. Like, he um, he got sent off below in Cork. And I remember... I went over and I had a word with him. I said, look, Aaron, I said, forget about it. Put the head down, train hard. And geez, he put in a serious effort. And I was there, you kind of, you kind of have to follow now after you're telling Aaron that. Like, so put the head down and John said, look, who knows where I'll come. Just be ready. And as I say, I missed the, the next two games. Um, I think the next one, uh, the Carlo game then was my last uh, game, serving the suspension. And um Got back in. I think I was. I think I was back for the Kilkenny game. But as uh, again, when I wasn't brought on against Cork, when you were Rich, Richie and I think Seamus Hickey were brought on, you were kind of thinking, "Geez, I, I probably won't get any time this year." And then I say in the All Ireland final, it was rare enough you have um, two substitutions in the full back line, and especially I've, I've mentioned it there before. Uh, myself and Richie McCarthy were sent down to warm up, and next minute Mike Casey had to come off and you see Richie going on and you're just there, geez, that's, that's my chance gone now. Like, and especially Seamus Hickey was on the bench as well and he'd been brought on the previous game. So you we, we were kind of there, geez, that, that's it now. And I, the last 
I remember I was walking back after the, just warming up and Richie had gone on and I sat down alongside the dock and I said, look, I'll, I'll see out the last few minutes here. I said, there's only, there's only what, six, seven minutes left here. I said, well, I'll see it out here and get, look, get onto the pitch to the lads. Because like, at that stage, I think we were six points up. like, And uh, then all of a sudden, I get the nod, the nod from John. Come on, <laughs> get on there quick. So, yeah, as I say, at that stage, then you're just thinking nothing else. Just You couldn't even hear yourself or hear anyone or hear yourself think like inside or the, the atmosphere was just, I remember it was just different. It was crazy. I'll, I'll never forget it. And uh, you're just trying to trying to get up to the pace of the game and trying to keep her men from getting the ball, basically, like, so. Yeah, and, and look, most people have forgotten that clear game, and right, they will, but when Joe is standing over that that free and you're you're inside in the square, I think Declan Hannon said he just hoped the ball went dead. If it went over, he'd go to a replay. If it went wide, ideal, but the last thing he wanted was dropping in there, but look, you were on hand. Yeah, um, look, anytime you see Joe Kenning standing over free, I suppose within from his own forty-five in, like you're there. This is his territory. Like he he's well able to put it over. But I suppose look, the fact that it was the seventy what eight minutes played and after a, a very bruising game, like you're just there. You just don't know what's going to happen. Like I, I, similar to Declan, you're just there. You're hoping this just drops out to the side, tails off to the side, and just goes dead. Like, but um, I suppose when when he hit it and it was in the air, you just kind of knew this is a dropping shot. Like and I suppose you're you're kind of there. Would you leave one fellow up, or do you hold back and wait in behind? And then I just, just I suppose the last ball, you just decide, you just go for it. And even if you just pam it out, or <laughs> even header it out, just get it out. Like, but as I said, I, it, there's a few of us went up for it, and they just kind of initially just kind of glanced off my fingers up into the air again, and luckily it just just fell rightly into my hand, like and it just just a case of just leg it out and get out of there, like. But um. As I said, Tom Morris, he was on hand. He's always there on hand to, to support. Just give it to him and just keep running. And was there, was there any idea just to hold on to the ball so you actually had it for the final whistle? Or? I, mean, I, I, I was kind of conscious that I was t- I'd take steps and I'd make catches <laughs> made like as a few fellas would be slagging me saying I took more than four steps with it. Like So you, you, you were just trying to offload it and just run it out as quick as you can because I, I think it was Jason Flynn was coming for me. So I knew like, my catches used up and I had my steps used up. So it was just a case to get rid of it. And can you describe, I suppose, the, the few seconds afterwards and then the few days that we all had in, in Limerick around the, the time? I suppose the, the initial two seconds after I clattered into Jason Flynn, <laughs> but uh, it just took off then, like, you just, I just can't describe it. It's it's undescribable. You've been waiting all your life just for this one moment, like, just, I've always said that if we could just ever get to our Ireland final, I, I was confident we'd win it, like, and it just just sheer um, happiness like you just you're after training so hard with these fellas for days and evenings and nights I don't know how many times a year like over the years and just just to win once like it was just it was just something special and as I say the day that night the days after it they were just something special like the and I always said that the, the Limerick supporters like they're just unreal like and they came out in their droves and thousands like and I've, I've never seen anything like it and it was just, it was just brilliant. It's just, it's a crazy few days. Is there any old stories you can tell us, or they all kept secret? <laughs> I can't remember any. <laughs> uh, no, um, off the top of my head, no. There, there's a bit of a picture going around of me, all right, um, with the uh, Lee McCarthy, and I, I was asleep in a couple of slabs of uh, beer, all right. Jeez, <laughs> um, it was just such a blur, like because. 
when you win it, like you're just you you're kind of on a schedule the whole time. Like that night, we we had to be with uh, well, just after the match, we had to be in underneath the crop uh, the stadium there, Hogan Stand, for a meal and post-match meal, and then you had to be in the city west in for a certain time, and you had to be downstairs ready in a certain room for whatever time because it was all on, on TV schedule and stuff like that. So, like, you you didn't really have time to, to process it, really, like, and even day after then, like, you were on the train way down, you had the thing in the Gaelic grounds, the, the parade over, like, so, like, you're just kind of caught up in it all. You, you don't really soak it in like you should, really, like, and um, a couple of days after, you were kind of pulled here and there to different places, like, which was, which was brilliant, like, but as I say, you, you just, you don't really take it in, like, and Compared to even say uh, to 2020, we had one or two days that you could just after, immediately after where you could actually just realize what you're after doing. Like, but I suppose you you just miss the emotion, the atmosphere from the supporters. Like that, that just makes it special. Like it just wasn't the same without them. Like, yeah, it wasn't the same. But I suppose it was nice that you were able just to be together as a team. I know you obviously wanted to meet the fans, but it is nice to celebrate the team to put in all the effort. Oh, ex- exactly. Like, and, and don't get me wrong. Like, it's it's still special to win in Ireland. But as I say, it's at the end of the day, it's the fans that make the the the, the 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 occasion and the atmosphere and stuff like that. But yeah, and I suppose on the plus side, in the fact, you didn't have that. You'd know when pulling dragon, you didn't have to be here at a certain time, so you had time to soak it in with your teammates. And and that's one thing we actually said. Uh, we always said after the twenty eighteen, like, geez, we're there. We didn't really have a, a chance to soak it in ourselves and just have a chat about it and just. Just take a breath and relax, and just just enjoy it. Like, but I say, look, we we've got to, we've got to sample both sides of it. Like, so we were kind of blessed that way. Yeah, and that All Ireland final win in 2018, it kind of was kind of a full circle moment for you. A minor 2005, you lost a, a fancy Galway side. Was that on your mind at all in the 2018 final? No, um, I, I I remember going up and. Uh, we were going up in the train that morning, and I sit. I, I always sit alongside uh, Declan and <laughs> Keen Lynch and Nicky Quaid, and I think it was Graham and Dara Donovan and stuff were across from us. And I was just, I was fully convinced going up in the train. I was there. We're going to win. Like I said, I know, and I'm not even doubting it. I said we're going to win, and the boys were trying. Ah, just relax now, a small bit, time, whatever. Like, I said, no, I said I'm fully convinced we're going to win. Like, and uh, to just. As I said, the boys were just trying to play it down, but I was just there. I was just so confident that we were going to win going up. I just never, you can't really reflect on the past too much, like, because it, it can can play in your mind and pull you down. So you're just kind of focusing on, on the, Jordan, I suppose, the, the next few minutes ahead and just what's coming. And um, as I say, the, the only thing that was on my mind was, I suppose, the 94, 96 All Ireland's, and that was in the last few minutes. I remember at one stage, um, I think all were after pulling it back to two or three points, and I was just there. Oh, I said, "Here we go again." I said, "This this can't be happening again." I said, "It's, it's just, it was just too." I suppose it was frightening how much how real it was. Like that, this was just very similar to '94 and stuff like that. And you just there starts playing your head in, and but as I say, you just have to try to put that to the back of your mind and, and get on with it and wait, get on with the next ball and stuff. Yeah, and, and looking through your career is a real kind of roller coaster. You were through a lot of things. I suppose you started your career in 2009, and in 2010, you're met with a strike. So, ten, the 10 years in your career is a strike and a lockdown. I suppose there's not many people that can say they've been through them. We'll start with the, the strike. What was that like for you going into your second year and making that decision to step away? 
technically there wasn't a strike. <laughs> we just have to know. <laughs> yeah, um, look, I suppose, um, look, we got a bit of a hiding there in 2009 against Tip in the semi-final. And look, t- we just felt as, as a group of players that things weren't right. And it was my first year on the panel. And uh, I suppose you, you don't want to be uh, upsetting too many people like at, at the, when you come in there initially like but look we're all adults at the end of the day like so you can see what's going on and I just remember in it started 2010 like a look there was calls made to to drop a lot of players but it's just the whole I suppose manner and, and demeanor it was done and it wasn't it wasn't nice like it wasn't fellas were finding off from other fellas that they were dropped like and it, it wasn't the case of did they didn't get a um like, you just didn't, didn't get a, say, a proper phone call or anything and just say, look, you've been dropped or anything like that. So just, they heard it from the, the next fella, like, Joe. It just what things weren't done right, like, and we we felt that the training and stuff wasn't up to scratch either, like, and look, all these issues had been brought um, to the relevant people, like, and unfortunately, it, it look, it, it fell on deaf ears and there was consequences then, like, as I say, um, to follow from that it's 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 the one kind of i suppose it's the one thing that kind of irks me a small bit like it's just the, the way the way limerick Curlin went there for a few years like and it's i suppose look would you call it a, a regret maybe like but i i still maintain that we did it for the good of limerick Curlin and and for the, down the line and we just wanted we wanted the standards to to raise like from what they were and look i know we, we took a hit there and we were in the lower divisions for a few years but I suppose now looking back, I, I think it was worth it. Look, people may disagree with me, but I just think that we we want to change and we wanted to set higher standards for ourselves. And look, thankfully, it's paid off down the line. And it did take an influx of um, younger, new players. But I suppose from that whole thing, SAG in 2010, like after that, I suppose there was a decision made um, by a few higher people like that they wanted to make Limerick Hurling better and they set up the academies and stuff like that and started young and they, there was real intention about like and that 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 followed on like and as I said that influxed in up you know, these young fellas that had come through the academy and they came on with when John took over and stuff like that and it just I suppose it just finished out what we had we had started. Yeah, and you talk about building for the future, I suppose. 2011, you were nominated for an All-Star. 2012, you pushed it very, very close. In 2013, you kind of made that breakthrough. How can you compare that Munster final win against Cork, I suppose, to an Ireland final win? Because they must be similar, really, because the, the, the many years Limerick couldn't put out winning the trophy at all. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, in 2013, winning the Munster was like winning an All-Ireland toss. Because, like, look, we, we, we never had any real success like coming up along. Like, so that was our first major breakthrough point like so that as I said uh, again the supporters and fans like just the field invasion after like it was just crazy it was just <laughs> something like something you can only dream about watching these on TV and you see it and you're just like Jesus I'd love if that ever happened to us like and it didn't it does happen and you're just there it's just it's just pandemonium and look it just it's amazing how that was kind of like our our and fine like um the, the sensation and atmosphere and then you compare that to winning the Munster in 2019 and 20 it was just like a far, I wouldn't say a formality but people were just expecting it whereas 2013 no one was expecting us to do what we did like and as I say we, we just kind of I suppose we didn't finish out the year the way we wanted to we, we kind of 
slipped up against Clare, but still like winning that Munster, it just gave us a taste for what what we wanted. Like, yeah, and obviously in 2014, then you, you lost the Munster final, but that game against Kilkenny in the semi final, what was it like playing that day in Crop Park within conditions? Horrendous. <laughs> just, uh, <laughs> you couldn't you couldn't even hurl like oh just to just crazy as said the the downpours and you were there trying to just hold on to the hurley. Like you just you couldn't even strike the ball properly. You couldn't even I remember um Shane Dowling came out to take a free. It's either Shane or Declan, and I think he actually he was only about forty yards out, but he actually had to play it short to Declan, who was only 25 yards out and he put it over like it was just that bad he wasn't able to and like Shane Down would be a fierce striker of the ball like but he was just so bad like he wasn't able to grip the hurley properly like but you uh, just you couldn't see it was just you were trying to look through the rain and the, the lights and everything I remember oh, it's just, just crazy but uh, it's nice looking back saying you were a part of that uh, I'd say everyone kind of remembers that kind of game as well like yeah, and obviously you were nominated for an All-Star again that year. Is that something that you you take notice of or is it just you go out there every day to give your best performance? Well, uh, look, the, the boys know that any day I go out and train or whatever, I, I'd always go 100% hill for that. Like, and if it's good enough, it's good enough. If it's not, it's not. And it, look, to get, I suppose, nominated and stuff like that, it was just, it, it's, it's a bonus. It's nice. As I say, I've always just wanted to do the best I could and just win something for Limerick, like this, it's just always been a goal of mine and a dream. It's just I've always said it going to trainings. I used to travel a lot with uh, Don Grady and I used to say to him, Jesus, just to win something to give it back, just to give back something like Joe. Because as I say, we're, we're, we're privileged to be in the position we are, like, and to represent your county is a massive, a massive thing. Like, and as I say, just to be able to give something back, like, it's, it's just great. Yeah, and you mentioned that game in 09 against Tipperary. It was kind of like a turning point. John Kiley has referenced it several times. And when he came in 2017, was there an instant shift in the change in attitude in the team or were you just continuing to build from 2010? I suppose um, in 2011, when Donald O'Grady from Cork came in, he, he totally changed our, our kind of style of play. Uh, I suppose moving on from the old-fashioned, just kind of get it and hit it into the forwards anyway at all possible. Donald O'Grady was more the kind of uh, short passing game style and as John Allen didn't kind of uh, tweak that a small bit didn't when he came in and and John Kiley was actually, he was a selector with, with John Allen um, that year and stuff like, so John had seen like that there was a kind of a shift in the kind of the way we, we played and stuff. But then as I say, when, when John and Paul Connor came in and Joe O'Connor, it just took it to a whole different level, like, and it's 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 very simple when you actually sit down and look at what 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 they were trying to implement, like, and but as I said, the way their attention to detail and what and the trainings that we did, everything was relevant. We weren't doing endless drills for no reason. You weren't running laps and laps for no reason. All the, all even all the physical work was done to an exact. Um, uh, meter or whatever and uh, the drills were all relevant like so it was all uh, it was all aimed at towards what we wanted to do and how we wanted to dictate games and stuff like that and as I say it, it, you actually sit back and an analyze what we did like you were there why didn't we do this for years <laughs> it's just like it's just so it's very simple like you just use the ball well you support the man and you try, try and the forwards just try and create space like so now look I suppose it, it does get a bit technical and stuff with puck outs and, and strategies and, and plays but it all goes back to a very simple formula like 
Yeah, and obviously the first year in 2017, you had two losses, but I suppose you, you were building. And in 2018, coming into that year, did you think that you could go all the way? Or was it as you were winning games, you kind of thought? Um, I remember in 2017, um, yeah, 2017 was just kind of a year of John and, and Paul and stuff. Was, they were trying to implement the, the way, they, the style of Hurland that they wanted to play. Like So they were trying to integrate it into us. Like So it, 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 it took time. And as I say, like we we it was the first time we we kind of had pro- proper puck out strategies and gameplay uh, gameplays and stuff like that. So it took a while for it to to build because I I think it was the start of twenty seventeen we got an awful beaten by Cork I think in the, in the war for Crystal I think they put seven goals past us like and you would even some people were like John Kiley got a bit of abuse and he was being booed and stuff like that, you know and it's just mad how we, we we turned it around. But as I say, it's just like twenty eighteen. I, at start twenty eighteen, I I I I, told, I did tell a few um, close friends. I said I said watch the space. I said Limerick will win in Ireland in the next four or five years. I didn't expect it to be twenty eighteen, but once we, it, I it was just a bit of luck. Once we got that bit of luck and a bit of momentum, it was it was hard to stop us. Like and as say, it's just like the game plan. Just all of a sudden, it just kind of stuck. What we were doing, the passing, the shooting, it all started to come together. And as say, everything just gelled properly and as I say once you start getting a bit of momentum like it's hard to stop yeah in 2018 it was it was it seemed to be all about momentum but just the year gone 2020 I know it was a lockdown year but you were the favourite from the start and you never really let up how could you compare the two years and the two squads even though they're very similar yeah look I suppose in as I say 2018 was was just kind of our first breakthrough year like so the momentum was a big factor in whereas 2019 and 2020, you're you're that year, you're one more year, uh, more experience wiser, like so. As I say, and psychologically, Karen, Carolyn Currid, like would have been working tirelessly on that, like on our on our frame of mind and stuff like that. So, as I say, you're gone from hoping that you might make the breakthrough to you're there, and now it's a, it's just a keep it there at that level, and it's just all about consistency, then, like, and just sticking to the game plan and to what what we're doing and training day in, day out. And even, eventually, even if things are going bad, it just keeps sticking and plugging away. It'll eventually come good. Like, cause, um, Carolyn Curd was a big, big believer like that. You don't play on emotion. Like once you start going playing on emotion, like you, your performances become erratic, like, and as you just stick to the system, stick to the game plan, no matter how I suppose wound up or whatever you are and stuff like that. You just keep doing the simple things and eventually they'll come right and come right. And if you if you just keep doing the things nine, nine times out of ten, like you know, it, it just it just follows on. And obviously this year you weren't a start member of the squad and you said you didn't make that twenty six man panel. What was it like that transition? I suppose as you got older and the likes of Sean Finn and Mike Casey, Rich English went to the side. What was it like transitioning from? nearly nailed on start for the bones of a decade to been on the bench yeah it's it's i suppose in one in one way it's tough to take but another way it's great to see like that there's just there's just so much talent coming through like and you're just no like any day you go training you just know you have to be at the top of your game to even be considered like so like that's the one good thing about the panel like there was just the competitiveness of the panel was just insane it was just crazy like you could have three or four fellas competing for one position and you could send out any one of them on any given day and they'd do a job for you, like you'd be confident. And as I mentioned before in other interviews, like it's just the bond and unity that we had and and the, the tightness and stuff like that and 
the competitiveness within the panel, it kind of drove the whole thing. And as I said, that, that leads on to what you were saying about momentum and stuff like that. It's just when you have that all internally, like the rest of it will just look after itself. And you just, all you have to do is just replicate that to even 80% of what you're doing in training. And nine times out of 10, it'll bring you through in, in matches. And we've all heard the stories about the Kilkenny teams and their famous A versus B games. Is that something you did as well, that your own internal games are as good as a championship game? Yeah, it's, I suppose, look, it just naturally, um, I wouldn't say it was forced, like it just naturally came like that because the players all around that were coming in were just so good. Like it just, everyone had to be, as I say, performing well to even be considering the panel, like, and everyone wanted to be on the, the match day 26, like, so you would every fella going absolutely gung-ho, like, for training for whatever length of time it was, like, and the, the, the matches... The matches were nearly as competitive as, as, the, as the championship games, like, and, and as I say, a lot of the time, the so-called B team or whatever would, would, would give the A team a bit of a clipping, like, whatever, like, and on the scoreboard and, <laughs> and in other ways too, like, but, uh, yeah, as I said, there'd be a lot of bills thrown as well, like, but that's all part and parcel of it, like. And, and, and as a cornerback, what do you make of Limerick's current setup? Obviously, you've Sean Finley going for a third all-star in a row. You've Richie English, you've Mike Casey, you've Dan Morrissey and Barry Nash this year. It's the wealth of attack or defensive options there. Yeah, it's it's as I say, you're going from competing with maybe two fellas to competing to with four, five, six fellas, like especially with Dan and Barry Nash now being nominated all stars like Joe did unbelievably and, and like they were they were kind of just thrown in the deep end. And that, that was a very kind of rare thing that you have you had Mike Casey, Rich Inglis. Uh, myself, Aaron Costello, four in the full back line injured like that. It is very rare you get that. Like so, you're gone from competing with them three or four to compete now with Dan and and Barry Tone in there. Like and look, as I said, it's just it, as I say, you'd be confident any one of them would do a job in there for you. Like and they're unbelievable horrors. Like and as I said, the, the competitiveness between them is just crazy. Like the they they're perfectionist. Like so, you'd be before training, doing sidelines or doing what if the ball comes in at this angle, just hooks, blocks, everything. Like, it's just attention to detail. It's just, it's gone through the roof. And and this year, or for, well, please God, we'll get a championship. It'll be the first time in a long time that you won't be a part of the panel. What What's your hopes and expectations for Limerick this year? Yeah, um, all going well. You'll be hoping to be a championship. Uh, it's it's hard to see what's going to happen now with, um, with the kind of rumours and stuff that are coming out. But, um I, I was I did an interview there last week uh, with the I think it was with Carol Carlo Kane and the Examiner Sport like and he he was asking me about it like and I was just telling him like when you when you actually do sit back and analyze the our Ireland final like we, we did make a lot of mistakes and we had a lot of unforced errors like and I just think that there is another gear in this team like and it's like people say oh, geez, he's mad for saying that like but when you when you're training with these lads day in day out you know what they're capable of like and as i say i just think there's a lot more in them so like i look i just think limerick are going to be at the top table for a couple of years like and you'll be hoping that they'll 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 maybe pull off another one or two but the, the main thing is just to give yourself the chance of being able to achieve that and look with the panel of players they have and the attitude they have i think that they'll they'll, they'll be there'll be plenty of opportunities yeah, it's kind of scary for other counties here. There's another gear left in Limerick, I suppose. Yeah, but look, I, as I say, look, other counties could be saying they have a couple of gears on them as well, which is true. Like, because we, we know what's, what, what you're up against. But as I say, they just have to keep bringing their bringing their A game and 100 percent 
And I won Limerick Legend, I suppose, you've had a strong relationship over the years, and it's obviously changed down the line. Is Kieran Carey, in 2008, if I'm right, you got an intermediate All-Ireland final. You're a cornerback and he's fullback. To play with a Limerick Legend like that so early in your career, is that a, a big influence? Ah, uh, yeah, it is, it, is, <laughs> it is stuff of dreams, really. Like, I suppose when I, I was only, what, 20, 21, uh, and you were playing alongside Kieran uh, Carey, like, draw, and it's just, I suppose, you'll be kind of starstruck at the start, like, but then I say when you're playing with him, you just realize, geez, he's just an ordinary fella, just like yourself, Joe, whatever, hurler, whatever. So, uh, Kieran just used to break the ball down to me and let me clear it, like, so <laughs> Kieran didn't do much striking. But, um, yeah, look, as I said, it's just, it's just mad. And I just want to touch on the, the club before you finish. Obviously, a proud Nakaderi man, they'll be glad to hear that you'll be back for 2021. And are you looking forward to just having a go at the club without the, the commitments of the county? Ah, yeah, sure. Look, as as I say, it is a privilege to play with the, with your county and stuff like that. And I suppose the club does suffer in in some aspects like that. They don't see me from the start of the year probably till nearly championship life. So like, you you probably may, might get a week or two weeks training with them normally before championship going well. You wouldn't have played that many challenge games or league games with them. Like so, it'll be. See, yeah, it's going to be different. It's as I say, I'm going to get a a lot of uh, getting to know fellas properly now, like you know, per se. In, in training and stuff like that so you, you get to know fellas style of play it in as well like because you're you'll be with them more and stuff like that it can be hard for club teams to welcome back in county players you know if they've only one or two county players like trying to say where's their best position or they're trying to their game plan and stuff like that so yeah look it's i'm looking forward to it now yeah and just before we finish there's a few questions i want that's just simple questions i suppose looking back in your career for limerick what was your favorite game you played in Favourite game? Um, <laughs> I would say I enjoyed uh, the league game against Kilkenny in 2019. <laughs> you scored a point that day, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was captain. I captain. I got a point that day. So I suppose, look, obviously the All Ireland final, because, but as I say, I, I had what seven or eight minutes, but if we're talking nearly full games, I'd be saying either the Kilkenny in 2019 or the Munster final 2013 Lovely. Uh, your favourite stadium to play in outside the Gaelic Grounds obviously in Nakaderi um, sure, obviously Croke Park but I do enjoy Turles I, I like Turles Field yeah. um, the best player you played against so not, not necessarily a marker because we'll ask marker as well but best player you played against Warren Marken I suppose um, Henry Shefflin I suppose I, I marked him there in 2012 um, yeah, so I suppose you'd, you'd have to go with Henry. Like, and you're off the panel now, so you can answer this one. Who's the best player you played with? The best player I played with, um, <laughs> I could be getting a lot of text messages about this now. Um, the best player I played with. Well, I suppose, obviously, you'd have to say uh, I played with Kieran Carey, like, but uh, <laughs> no, I suppose on the senior team. I suppose just down to sheer skill level, you have to say Keen Lynch, like he's just, he's unbelievable what he can do with the ball and in training and stuff like that. And is there a lot of things he does in training that we're not seeing out in championship games as well? That Keen does? Yeah. Oh, ridiculous stuff. Like, <laughs> And it's, it's, not, it's not a case of showboating or showing off. Like it just comes so naturally and instinct to him. Like it's just, you'll be, be there doing drills or you'll be playing a match and next minute, there's a ball in a row, and next minute he's gone with the ball and you're just, how did he get there? Or 
he catch the ball behind his back or something like that. It's just some crazy stuff he does, like a trend. It's just ridiculous. Uh, a pleasure to play with, I suppose. Ah, oh, it is, it is, yeah. You, you know he's going to pull something out of the bag. Like, he's able to... He can just source a score or a pass that you wouldn't even attempt, like, with a, with a rifle or something like that. You know, it's just crazy. I'm sure he would have, he would have been glad to get your hands on him uh, someday during your peak, but... Uh, I'll leave you with that, Tom. I suppose we've been on nearly the bones of an hour. Um, thanks very much for coming on and uh, wish you the best of luck in your retirement and obviously with Nakaderi. No better. Thanks very much, Jack.